Hi, welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Laramie's grandmother gave her this lamp years ago, where it was part of Laramie's, I guess, inheritance from her grandma. And the lamp from your seat, I'm sure, it, it, you can sort of see it. You can see that it possibly has color and it might look cool. It's a little snail with a mosaic kind of glass. But this pretty thing without the light in it has very little power. But with the power, when you turn it on and the light inside it illumines, it makes it so much prettier here and in our house. You see, each and every one of you are given gifts. God has given you special gifts. Many of us are living our life trying to do work, do our gifts and talents, but without the power of the Holy Spirit in us. And so we wonder why we get so tired. We wonder why we get so drained. We wonder why we can only do bare minimum. It's because the gifts that God has given you that he wants to use to impact those around you, you're doing it in your own strength. And so instead of using them, you don't, and you just sit on a shelf. I heard it said once, your talents and gifts are God's gift to you. What you do with them are your gift to him. And so if you sit with so much potential, but not letting the light of God shine through you, you will be like this lamp. But if you allow the Holy Spirit to work through you, your gifts will bless all those around you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Lord, we can't do anything without you, and we are in desperate need of you working in and through us. So Holy Spirit, fill this room. I know you're here. Impact our lives. May we have a sense of you today. But God, I pray that what you do in us today would not be something that stays in our seats and in our pews and then we come back next week. But Lord, may, your, may you do a work in us that we do tomorrow and the following day and the following day and the following day. That, that may it be something that you not just start in us, but you continue in us. And so, great Jesus, thank you for your salvation that gives us any worth in our life. I ask that you'd move throughout a valley and churches all over. Lord, I ask that you would move in Village Hope Church. Lord, I ask that you'd move through City Point Church. God, I ask that you'd move here at City View. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, hey, good morning and welcome to City View Church. If this is your first time, welcome and it's so nice to have you. If it's not your first time, well, it's still nice to have you. My name is Jeremiah. I'm the lead pastor here and it is my joy and honor to share with you God's word. We are currently in a study called Can't Stop, Won't Stop and we're studying the book of 1 Peter. 
And, and today we're going to be going into chapter 4 of 1 Peter, and I'm going to be focusing on verses 10 and 11 this morning. And those are going to be our launching pad to where we're going to be studying over the next two weeks as we dive into this idea where Peter speaks about the gifts that God has given his church. I love hearing stories of mission trips. God, God drastically changed my life on a mission trip. I was 18 years old. I went to Panama for three weeks. I think it was 22 days or something like that. And it, it was life-changing scary. I don't remember ever being scared. We should have been um, because of some of the things our youth pastor had us do. Um, it, it's, I don't even know if it's legal today, unless you're on like a National Geographic's kind of... We, we straight up went down a river on a hollowed out tree with alligators that our boat guides were catching and bringing onto our boat alive still. Oh, but what I remember is I remember God wrecking my heart on that trip. I remember God wrecking all, however many of us there were, 18 of our hearts on that trip. And then I remember one by one, each person losing their passion. Because what can happen on a mission trip like that is you get such great grand ideas. I got to serve the Lord in some other country. It's easier in another country. It's so easy. Because it's an adventure. It's hard to serve your own people. It's hard. It's hard to serve the people that you see every week that disappoint you. That's hard. It's like serving your own family. It's hard work. And so one by one I saw them, so I want to challenge you. Don't drift. Whatever the God did in your heart, he's not done. He just cracked open a door of allowing you to see something that you probably didn't even know you were going to see. So now say, God, show that to me here. And I promise you, he will. So Peter says this about our gifts, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a special gift, employ it, use it, launch it into serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Whoever speaks is to do so as one who is speaking the utterances of God. Whoever serves is to do so as one who is serving by the strength which God supplies, so that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belongs the glory, dominion, forever and ever. Amen. Peter says here in verse 10, he says, as each one has received a special gift, employ it. Each one of you, when you become a child of God, I believe that God has put us into it even before, he's given you a spiritual gift. A gift that God intends to use to bless his church. A gift that God intends to use that you might use it here in this body right here. God has given you something. And I don't know what each one of your gifts are. I don't know what they are. Over the next two weeks, we're going to look at the seven gifts that Paul writes about in the book of Romans. And we're going to get there in just a second. But as Peter is unwrapping this idea that he already knows Paul wrote about, 
Peter says in verses, each one of you has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Now here's what he's talking about, this manifold grace of God, is, is this light, this picture, as you see the light in here, the manifold grace that has the idea of a kaleidoscope, and as the light shines through each one of these pieces of glass, you see a different color, don't you? One is not the same as another. Even with when you look at these reds, are all these reds exactly the same? They're not. They're totally different. Just like each and every one of you, you may have the same spiritual gift. There's seven of them. How God uses it through you will not be the same as how God uses it using it through me. We each are made different. We are created differently. And as God through you, uses that gift, his manifold grace, his multifaceted, multicolored grace will be seen through your life. And then he says in verse 11, as each one of you, whoever is to speak, is to do so as one is speaking the utterances of God. So some gifts are vocal. And what an honor it is to be able to, when you speak, that, that the voice you use is one that is as if God was speaking through you. I remember one of the first times I preached. It might have been the first time I preached. And I'm in, they past, at some churches they have this place called the green room where pastors go and hide. You won't see me go in a green room. I don't hide. So there was a green room, and pastors would go and hide in this room from everybody else. Why, I don't know, but that's what they would do. they go and hide there. And in this room, I'm scared. I'm, I'm like in this panic state, like it's my first time preaching. I, I'm, I'm worried. And this one of the deacons, he prayed for me. He said, God, I, I pray that Jeremiah would realize that the words he's speaking today, you would be speaking if you were on stage today. Man, that was one of the most powerful prayers for me. One, not only as I'm speaking, but as I'm preparing. Am I preparing what God would have me speak? Because God, I don't want to say something that's not from you. And that, as I've been, been preaching, and even I'm in a couple weeks I'm going to be preaching just specifically about the pastoral role and not being a manipulator and all these things. And, and just, I just am always, God, help me. And so for some of these gifts, Peter says, whoever is to speak is to do so. Is one who is speaking the utterances of God. And what an honor and a privilege it is. And whoever is to serve is, is to do so in God's strength. Today, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you as my church. As, yeah, whatever. Not like I own you. We, we hosted some big event yesterday, like a homeless outreach event where People came who were, didn't have as much stuff and all of that. And we hosted that on campus yesterday. It's like 700 people coming in need. And they were able to, I don't even know, I think they got haircuts and all these kind of things. And I walk onto campus today and there's trash everywhere, water balloons that kids I'm sure had fun, tons of fun that they probably don't have anywhere else, poop all over the grass. And my attitude, serve as one who is serving by the grace of God, that's not how I serve this morning. 
My first response was, they are never using this campus again. How do you treat this? We gave it to you. For, like, that was my heart. And God goes, aren't you preaching on serving today? And I said, get out of my business. <laughs> I didn't really say that to him. I'm like, yes, I know. God, help my heart. This is my honest prayer. I'm in that lawn picking up poop from who knows what. I don't know if it's human or dog. It was fresh. It's all I know. It was disgusting, and I just prayed that I wouldn't throw up. And God's reminding me. And I said, God, help my heart. Help my heart. God, why am I out here doing this alone? God's like, Jeremiah. I'm like, God, help my heart. This, this is honest. This is, I'm just being real. Which you, I, I hope that as you come here, you'll realize that I try not to hide much of it. I was, and Tony is like trying to talk me off the ledge. My wife is trying to talk me off the ledge. Not that I was ready to jump off a ledge, but I was ready to punch a, no, I'm not punching any ledges. I'm not like a violent heart. But Peter says, and when you serve, your serving is to be done in the strength of God. As, as we break down these seven different spiritual gifts, it is key that it is God shining through you when you are doing it in your own power, you will be like this lamp with no light. You will be tired, trying, and forcing. You will burn out, you will get tired, and you will quit. But just because the light is in you and God shines through you doesn't mean it gets a whole lot easier. Burnout is still real. Tiring is still real. What you got to do then is start thinking, what do I need to cut so I can do what God's calling me to do? Turn with me to Romans chapter 12. We're going to dive into three of the seven spiritual gifts today. Romans 12. Verse 4. For just as we have one body, and just as we have many members in one body, and all the members do not have the same function. You, give, just to give you an understanding, that's speaking about the human body. Everybody look at the parts of your body that you can see right now. Just look at them. Just look at it. You see your hands, your feet. Some of you can see your toes, some of you can't. You know you have a nose and eyes. All of your body parts have a significant reason, don't they? Your thumbs help you open the lids. Your ears help you hear. I have a friend who's deaf in one, so if you ever talk into his deaf ear, he can't hear you. Somehow he was a sound guy at one point. Make that make sense. Your eyes, both of them are important for those who wear glasses. It's significant when your eyes don't work, huh? First thing in the morning, when you go to look at that clock, you're like, what time is it? Siri, what time is it? And Siri, it's nice that... But each one of our parts are significant, and just like that, each one of you are significant. There's not one part of your body that's more important than another. Just like there's not one of you that's more important, we all are equally important, God needs each and every one of us. And when we are not functioning as a body, we're not working. 
And that means one part gets more tired. Have you ever had that where you're having to use only one arm because maybe you hurt the other one? I had shoulder surgery on, I think it was this arm. And so this arm had to do everything. It got more tired. That's what church is like when only a few people are doing the work. When the whole body's not working together, we get tired. And so he says, verse 5, So we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise, use them accordingly. If prophecy according to the proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, or he who teaches in his teaching, he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives Um, with liberality, he who leads with diligence, and he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So over the next few weeks, two weeks, we're going to look at all seven of these, and we're going to break them down one by one. So here are the seven gifts that we just talked about. There's prophecy, service, teaching, exhortation, giving, Leading. Now, I know maybe you, you've been to other churches and they talked about the gift of tongues and they talked about the gift of those things. Those, those I don't believe are gifts. I believe those are what is called in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, those are called manifestations. When you dive deep into the understanding of the original language, Paul, who's writing both books in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, uses the word manifestations, meaning these times where it comes upon you. If somebody really had the gift of healing, they would be at every hospital every single day and we would not have any sick people anymore, would we? No, but are there times when somebody has a manifestation of the Spirit where they pray over somebody and they are healed? I believe that happens. I know it happens. When I was in Panama as an 18-year-old kid, that happened to a kid who was sick and dying and Paul Hayes and our interpreter prayed. I don't know what students got to be there. I didn't. Colin, were you there? Wasn't you either? It wasn't Colin. Or, Colin and I got to go on the same mission trip, but we didn't get to see that happen. But we heard. But we know that there are times. There are times when manifestation of tongues. There are times when, when God does things in a supernatural way in our lives. And as it says there in 1 Corinthians, he talks about these spiritual manifestations. And he uses the word spiritual things. 1 Corinthians 12, 7, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And then maybe you've heard out of Ephesians. Ephesians also speaks about these spiritual things that God does through people. This is how God uses your gifts in different ministries at the church. And that is found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7 through 13. And, And Paul dives deeper into these ministries of the Spirit. We today are focusing on the spiritual gifts found in Romans 12. Now remember this. Your talents, your gifts, are God's gift for you. How you use them are your gifts to him. Some of us and Paul, both Paul and Peter are not speaking about how you use them with your neighbor down the street. He's speaking about how you use them in believers around you. Many of us have been sitting on our gifts 
and we don't use them at all. So my challenge to you today is get off your butt and give back to the Lord. Stop sitting and be an active member of what God has called you to do. Okay, let's dive in. So to give you an understanding, all gifts are divided into two categories. There's verbal. My spiritual gift, believe it or not, is a verbal one. And then there's nonverbal ones. There's ones that don't mind people seeing and noticing and hearing them. It's not a matter of pride. It's just how God wants to use their gifts. And there are some gifts that love to be behind the scenes, non-speaking kind of gifts. There's not one that's more important than another. They're both equally important. But God uses our personalities and who we are and uses them to bless those around us. So as we look at these gifts, we are going to identify the truths that these gifts point out. The first gift we're looking at, found in Romans, chapter 12, verse 6, is prophecy. Prophecy is a verbal gift. Prophecy is defined as declaring the truth. In the Greek, this word prophecy means cause to shine. Now, some of you are like, so wait, if you have the gift of prophecy, that means you can speak the future. The word prophecy has, has two main definitions. One is foretelling, speaking the future. One is foretelling, meaning proclaiming God's truths. What Paul is talking about is foretelling telling, meaning proclaiming truths. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 3 says this, but one, but one who prophesies speaks to men for edification, exhortation, and consolation. Meaning when you have the gift of prophecy, you use it to edify, to exhort, and to console. I remember one time I was in a friend of mine's office and I was a young pastor and he said, Jeremiah, can I encourage you with some things? And how many of you, when you think encourage means lift you up? Yeah, sometimes encourage means point out things you need to grow in. Encourage is like a coaching term. Sometimes like, hey, you did a really good job when you blocked that. Other times like, hey, you know what? You, you missed that block and here's what you could do better. So I go into his office. His name is Randy. He's a huge impact in my life. And he goes, so Jeremiah, um, last night, he goes, your sermon was really good. I go, okay. He goes, um, did you notice how you missed your landing point? You kept talking. He goes, you, you need to be sensitive to the Spirit. He goes, and I'm not saying you weren't. He goes, but sometimes we can, we can hit our point, and then we can go around and hit it again, and hit it again, and hit it again. So I want to encourage you that when you sense that you hit it, land it. I'll never forget that moment of encouragement. Because I felt like I wasn't super encouraged. But sometimes the gift of prophecy, that's what, that's what that means. It means to edify, to lift up, to, to encourage, means to exhort, meaning it could be positive and maybe in a more coaching, lifting up kind of way and to console. A person with the gift of prophecy sees things in sharp contrast, in black and white. That's how a prophet sees life. 
black and white, wrong, right and wrong. That's just sort of how you view life. As a result, the prophet, the person, now remember, this is speaking truth. It's not speaking future. That's, it, it, in, in the Bible, if a, if a person proclaimed to be a prophet and they didn't actually prophesy, if they said, tomorrow the Cardinals are going to win the Super Bowl, and that didn't happen, and they claimed to be a prophet of God, the role of the people who heard that prophecy is to kill him or her. He's not talking about speaking future. He's talking about speaking truth. So prophets, here's some things that define the prophet. Prophets are bold, outspoken, very persuasive, visionaries, leaders, grieved by sin. They do not mince words. They're serious. And um, for the most part, they don't have much of a sense of humor. Just being truth. I am a prophet. That's my gifting. I'm funny. <laughs> Look at you. Some of you laughed at me. Come on, seriously now, I'm funny. Jesus was all the gifts. Jesus, when he comes to Martha, when her brother died, it says, Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Jesus could have gone up to her and said, Martha, give me a hug. Come here. You need a hug. That's what a mercy does. And we're going to get to mercy last week. A mercy says, I'm so sorry. Prophet does this. Your brother will rise again. Just tells her the truth. Hey, don't worry about it. Your brother's going to rise again. In the same story, he's going to be merciful and he's going to cry with Mary. With Martha, speaks the truth. Martha, it's going to be okay. And she says, well, I know he's going to rise again from that. He's like, do you believe me or what? Jesus was a prophet. Now here's the problem. Prophets, you have some hazards. You have some things that you need to be cautious and careful of in your life as a prophet. One of them is a lack of sensitivity. Sensitivity. Because you know the truth, you see the truth, and you want to proclaim the truth, you just want to tell them exactly as it is. Anybody know those kind of people in their life? They don't mince words. They just tell you how it is, and then they walk away, they drop it, and then you're left there going, what the just happened? That hurt. And the prophet's off like, well, I just told them the truth. I would want somebody to tell me the truth. And so that's just how they live. So a lack of sensitivity. But Paul writes this, rather speaking the truth in love. We are to grow in every way into him who is the head, which is Christ. Now, I, I, do a, I have a whole YouTube series on each one of these gifts that I dive deeper into. I'm only skimming the surface today. Some of the other hazards are, are being judgmental, too blunt. Um, compromise is a dirty word. They, they don't care much about how others feel or think. Um, they're often wrong, but they're never in doubt of what they're wrong in because they think they're right. Their attitude is always right about everything. They think people with the gift of mercy are a bunch of whiners. I don't believe that anymore. Um, I'm working through that one. But here's who you are. Those of you who are prophets, you are truth tellers. You are bold. You are outspoken. And the church desperately needs you. Remember this. Your talents and your gifts are God's gift to you. 
What you do with them is your gift to God. To where does this, where do you fit in? Belong group leaders? Maybe helping us write content for social media, counselors, prayer team members, new believer follow-up, working on our security team, working on our ushers, working with our kids. Our kids need to know the truth. They need the truth. And our children's ministry desperately needs you. If I'm being honest, if I were to look at all that list, I'm like, our kids need you. All I hear, it's just, yeah, our kids need you. Second gift, the gift of service. This one can be tough. Now this one, this one can be uh, a verbal or a nonverbal gift, but most gifts of service are nonverbal, meaning you love to be behind the scenes. You don't want people to notice you. You would rather never talk unless it's to somebody you know personally and love. You just love to be hidden. That's the best for you. A gift of service definition would be to practice the truth. Service in the gift in, in the Greek means to wait on. For some people, it brings them energy and excitement to serve others. They just love doing that. That charges their tank. You know, we all have different ways of how our emotional tanks get filled. For some of us, it is being behind the scenes, not just helping people and they don't even know you did it. That charges your tank. Others of us, it is being in a huge crowd, talking to a ton of people, and we are at a party and our tank is full. You, your, how your tank gets full, it's dependent on whether or not you are using God's gifting in your life for his glory and in the way he made you. A good question to ask yourself as you're exploring your gift is, does this energize me or drain me? Now, that, that doesn't mean you're like, well, serving today in children's ministry or serving today in ushering or serving today in worship. or Because I'll tell you, at the end of every day when I preach, I'm drained. I'm drained. That's just real. That's real. Just like at the end of a hard day at work, you might love your job, but you're tired. It's more meaning a draining like you hated every moment of it. So gift of service. If you have the gift of service, you just love to help others. You love to help things run smooth. You love to work with your hands. You see things in your mind and you're a great planner and you can hold a lot of things in your mind and you get things done. You finish what you start. You probably have a hard time saying, and this is the biggest one, saying no. When you hear a need, you want to fill a need. That's the gift of service. Jesus also was a gift of service. It says in Mark 10, but it shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must also be a servant, and whoever would be first among you must also be a slave. For even the Son of Man came to serve to be served, or Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Some of the hazards. I really encourage you that to listen to the series. Because I dive deeper into the hazards, and some of these hazards are really key to making sure you are leading in your strength. One of the hazards is busy. You see the millions of things that need to be done, you find yourself overcommitting. You have a hard time delegating tasks, so you take it all because you have the right way of doing it in your mind. It is possible to be so active in service of Christ that you forget to love him while you're doing it. You can become controlling. 
You find yourself telling everyone what to do because you know what needs to be done and how it needs to be done. I've heard it said, if somebody can do it 70 times as good as you, let them do it. Craig Rochelle says, if they can do it 50% good, 50% as good as you, let them do it. As good as you would do it, let them do it. That's hard for you, especially if you're a gift of service and a perfectionist. You might as well just crawl in a hole and die. If somebody cannot do it exactly as you would do it, then you're just like, forget it. I will do all of it by myself. Go away. And then you just have a hard day. Some other things is you can easily be annoyed and bothered. You can easily become bitter, empty, burned out. You can feel inferior because nobody notices what you're doing. But you are helpful. You are supportive. And you are a builder of God's kingdom. And the church needs you. So where might you fit in? Where might you use your gifts? Helping prepare things for service, such as handing out handouts and being part of the usher team, maybe being on the clean team, communion prep, city kids prep, being on our, it's not media, I don't know why I put that, on our production team. These are teams that are behind the scenes. Office volunteer, security, hospitality, set up, tear down, events, food events, facilities. Remember this, your talents and your gifts are God's gift to you. How you use them is your gift to him. And many of us have been sitting on our gifts. So we looked at prophecy declaring the truth, service practicing the truth, and now the gift of teaching, which is explaining the truth. You're like, why are you going so fast? Because I did a whole YouTube series. You can watch me go in depth, 30 minutes on each one. You're like, I think I'm this one. Then watch that one. I think it might be one of these two. Watch those. The definition of teaching is to impart instruction. A person with the gift of teaching will love to study and read. They like to research and find joy in time spent learning. Teachers like to explain how things work and many times are very much into the details. Sometimes when you ask them a simple question, you get a lot more than you expected. Have anybody ever asked a person with the gift of teaching one simple question? Hey, how do you make this work? And all you wanted to know is how to turn it on, but they actually tell you how, to make, how it works. You're like, that, that wasn't my question. I just wanted to know this little switch right here. That's all I wanted to know. I didn't want to know, well, you know, these lights are pretty amazing. There's this electrical component that allows this turn. I'm not a gift of teaching. They ask lots of questions. Jesus was a gift of teaching. In Mark 1, 12, it says, and they were astonished at him, at his teaching, for he taught them as one who had authority, not as the scribes. A person with a gift of teaching has the desire to help people understand. But there's some hazards with that. Lack of preparation. Because, because a person with the gift of teaching already knows so many things, they tend to rely upon their own strength and their own ability to proclaim what they think they've already studied enough for. So it's this lack of, of preparation in them. So they just sort of wing a lot of things. But Paul tells us, do not... Do your best to present yourselves to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. 
Some other hazards for a person with the gift of teaching is lack of humility, lack of integrity, not teachable, lack of patience, and easily discouraged. But you are. You are, gift, you are a gifted truth explainer. You are curious. And you are passionate about the truth. And the church desperately needs you. So where do you fit? Maybe leading some kind of belong group, a Bible study, a service host, like a person that comes up here and does that talking like what Tori does or a person who leads the time in communion, a prayer counselor, a city kids teacher, missions, new believer follow-up, hello team, being part of our, our youth ministry here, premarital, our premarital counseling team, helping with an adult class, community outreach classes. I don't, I don't know what your gifts and your talents are. We have four more to go through next week. We're gonna look at the gift of exhortation next week. We're gonna look at the gift of leadership next week. We're gonna look at the gift of giving next week. And we're gonna look at the gift of mercy next week. I don't know what your gift is. But I can tell you God desperately wants to show his grace through your giftings. Just like this light is illuminating every piece of glass. God's gift to you was your gift. Your gift to him is how you use it. Some of you. And it's not how you use it. It is how you use it, like in your workplace, on missions trips. But both Paul and Peter are speaking specifically about how you use it in the church, around fellow believers, and how we use it to build up one another. Some of you have been sitting on it. It's like that kid who gets a pinata and they keep all the candy to themselves. That pinata was a gift that that mom and dad gave so the kid could hit it so that everybody might enjoy it. God's gift to you is that the world might see him through you. Is it always easy? No, it's hard sometimes. So Jeremiah, but do I only have one? I, I, don't, I don't fully know. I think we have one main one and I think God wants to use all of them through us. Today I use the gift of service with a really bad attitude outside on the lawn. I didn't like cuss in my heart, but I was not happy. But man, I can tell you, I regret that I didn't have a happy heart because that would have been so cool. Just be out there going, God, thank you that people are able to use our campus. Thank you that we have a campus, that people who are less fortunate than me and my family, where we could just go to the store and buy my kid the clothes he needs at whatever store we want to buy and go to Walmart and buy him glue sticks that he doesn't need just because they smell good. Thank you. I could have had that heart. 
that I didn't. But it doesn't mean that I have to stay there. I want God's manifold grace to be seen in me and through me. And I hope and I pray that as I share with you God's word, as I allow his gifting that he's given me, the gift of speaking the truth, I hope that I allow his grace to be seen in me. Because God has given me a special gift. I'm not the best speaker. I'm first to admit it. There's other people who are way better speakers than me. But I'm not trying to be the best. I'm just trying to be the most honest I can. So that God's grace might be seen in me. So my challenge to you is to say, oh God, where do you want me to use my gift? Where can I serve? In front of you is a barcode. And I believe one of the places is scan it and you can see serving opportunities. You can come and talk to us outside at the next steps table. Say, hey, where's where's the spot? Where can I serve? I'm gonna tell you right now, our biggest need is city kids. Our biggest need. This week, all I kept hearing from our city kids team members is we're gonna have to close this class down. We're gonna have to close this class down. We're gonna have to close this class down. And nobody wants to serve. People are quitting. That's all I kept hearing. My stress level is like... (sighs) So if you're looking for a place to serve, that's a huge need. But I don't want to manipulate either. I'm just telling you that's a need. But in all reality, I want you to serve, period. Because I want God's manifold grace to be seen in every single life here at City View. I don't want you to walk around like this. What a waste of grace. Let grace be seen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you are good. You have given each one of us special gifts. May we use them for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click that follow button and tune in next week for another great message.